From Studio 113, this is the Changing Energy Podcast, recorded at Wake Electric. Hey there, this is the Changing Energy Podcast, episode 27. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and this is Don. This is Kirk. Sean. Maria. And we do have a fifth person in the studio today for our special guest, but we only have four microphones. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as as we as we promised in a couple episodes ago, we were going to bring back our student from NC State who has been studying environmental science, and we were going to listen to an update because the last time we talked to Trey Muma was episode seven. <laughs> Man. So, Trey, you're not on mic, but welcome. <laughs> Just yell real loud. Hello. <laughs> so, episode seven to episode 27. Oh, oh yeah. So, every, episodes so every 20 episodes yeah. from this point on, we're going to have Trey. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. Right, yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that, and, and we'll share, share mics as soon as we've had a chance to just uh, get acquainted with everybody. Kirk, what have you been up to? Well, first of all, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I do want to uh, share an interesting, you know, kind of story. I, I got my power bill the other day, and, and uh, man, I about passed out. It was Uh-oh. almost uh, about $400. Well, so, yeah. you know, and I'm sitting there saying, you know, I work in an electric co-op, man. I, <laughs> I need to know this stuff, right? So I start going around the house doing some investigating, and I count up now. You know, this is an old, you know, farmhouse built in like 1953. Mm-hmm. I count six space heaters throughout the house. When did they get at it? I mean, listen. <laughs> and then the back porch doesn't have any, you know, heater or whatnot. But we have one of those rolling space heaters for Devin's, you know, one of her cats back there. So we got to keep them warm. Did you know you had that many space heaters? <sighs> you know, it just must have slipped my mind that we had that many i mean seriously i i'm not kidding open it up and i i had to sit down with the family i'm like look guys i work (laughs) for a power company i mean what is going to make your power bill high when the weather gets cold is space heaters and this real quick let me tell you this is what got me so the other morning i wake up and i go out to the den now our thermostat set on 76 okay and we got six space heaters running through the house i mean 76 yeah it's it's hot in the house okay (laughs) So I go Golly. out there, and my middle child, JC, I like to be comfortable. She <laughs> she is sitting on the floor by the space heater that's got like the fake fireplace, you know, and she's in shorts and a t shirt, right? Because and, you want right. to be in a tank top in the winter and and a sweatshirt in the summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said, "What in the world are you doing?" And get this, she goes, "Well, Dad." It's hot. My room's hot. I said, well, you know how you fix that? You cut the space heater off. It's got a little button or a switch. <laughs> you turn it to off. So there's going to be some uh, some education opportunities in the Metcalf household. Oh. May everyone learn from your your dilemma. Yeah, my, my dilemma. Remember, space heaters will run your electric bill up. So I just wow. had to share that with you. I could not believe it. That's good. Well, Dad, I'm hot. That's why I'm wearing shorts and T-shirt. Cut it off. And you're, <laughs> and you're on a time of use rate at your house, I that's, remember. That's right. So yeah. were they running those during the peak? Dude, I don't even want to talk about it. Seriously. <laughs> it's that bad. It's too upsetting. But remember what I said, what the thermostat is on. 76. 76. Already. People come to our house, they'll take their jacket off, and they'll have summer clothes on. (laughs) True story. I would. It's hot in there. That's what I'm saying. Good good to know. (laughs) Oh, man, even the skull passed out. (laughs) We still have the skull from Halloween episode up there. Yeah, I guess we got to clean up. And it just fell over with that news. Sean, how are you? I'm doing well. That's good. Anything new and exciting going on? Um, just, well, Christmas is around the corner now. This is our December episode. So I was trying to look up some just fun facts about energy when it comes to Christmas lights. Oh, okay. All right. Um, one thing that was interesting to me is that, uh, Christmas lights use about 6% of the nation's electrical load each December. Ooh, wow. 6%. (laughs) It's just Christmas lights. And if everybody remembers winter storm, Elliot, how we had to have rolling blackouts on Christmas Eve. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Everybody's like, well, this is the day to the keep lights the lights off. on. <laughs> Got to keep it on for the next two days. 
nonstop. Maybe, you know, if uh, instead of doing rolling blackouts, I wonder if we'd have been all right if the message had been just turn off your Christmas, Christmas lights. Life. We'd have gotten 6%. It no knocked, holiday cheer. Save it, your energy. It would have knocked oh. out 6% of the load right there. We need to remember that. That's a good one. <laughs> that is good. Because like that, that would have probably saved the grit. Yeah. And probably would have made people, you know, a little happier than just, you know, yeah. and your us power's out. T- turning their power off without telling <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of other little facts here, but that that to me was the one that stood mm. out uh, the most. Most of the other ones is like the first Christmas lights to decorate the White House was in 1894. Okay. Um, oh, wow. By President Grover Cleveland. You could get 6% just if you turn the White House Christmas lights off. Right. Yeah, if you think about it, yeah. <laughs> cool deal. Yeah, yes. I think last episode, last uh, season, we had done the, what it cost to do a turkey and, oh, and the yeah. mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah. so good. That's, that that's good. good I like stuff. that. That's good. What have you been up to, Maria? Not a whole lot, but I did mention earlier to all of you that our Spotify Wrapped came out, which is very exciting. Ooh. So I'll be posting I, that. I'm old. What is a Spotify rap? That's like, you know, it looks through your entire year and gives you fun little facts and <gasps> figures, you know, like just some stats. It's really How are fun. we doing? Good. Well, I forget the exact number. I should have looked. Who's the it. number one listener? It's me. <laughs> well, yeah. no, no, no. It's me. No, it's me and 15 other people, but I'm one of them. So, <laughs> nice. which is, it's, nice. you know. It's literally my well, job. Well, thank you for listening, Maria. You're <laughs> <laughs> I was mortified when I saw it. I was like, yikes. <laughs> well, that's good. We get good feedback, but we want more. So make sure that anybody that's listening and likes what we're doing has questions. Um, we're not doing questions this episode, so we're saving them up. So get yep. yours in so that we can do a, a, a total questions episode very soon. Let's uh, move forward with news. Because I got a few. And now, the news. I just got to remember to cut Kirk's mic off when I I hit those jingles. Uh, Or we could label them. At some point, we could do something. Yes, he just responds to every noise he hears. He's like, oh, "Oh, yeah. I'm like, what's the bro? We we can't edit that part. (laughs) I have a couple news items that I think are pretty cool. Um, One, I I quizzed everybody before the the, uh, episode where they had heard of the light year. The light year is a vehicle, and it is uh, made out of the Netherlands. Oh, okay. We've been talking about it. They've been talking about it for almost four years, but it actually started being distributed in middle of the year of last year of 2022, and it wasn't really over here. And here's why. Here's what it is. Let me let me talk to you about the the article. All right. Uh, it is from a source, Electrek. That's spelled E L E C T R E K. Dot co, and this is an article called Lightyear 2 Waitlist Goes Live 500 plus mile range. Wow, on a solar EV, oh, okay. priced below forty thousand oh dollars in God. the U.S. Kirk, you said above six figures. Yeah, no, was... that's this is the Lightyear 2, oh. and the Lightyear 2 is not going to be out until 2025, and they are launching the waitlist. So this is the news, is that the Lightyear is a Dutch solar EV company that's making promises of extended range vehicles with sleek designs, but now with affordable pricing. Mm. So imagine you have a very sleek looking car. Uh-huh. It's not too different from what a Tesla looks like, mm-hmm. right. but they are claiming that this is going to be the most aerodynamic car ever made. So that's one thing is that they're, right. they're going with the sleek, yeah. uh, sleek uh-huh. design. The Lightyear Zero was released mid-2022, but they halted all efforts on that at the beginning of this year. Well, one, the, the Lightyear Zero was kind of meeting its expectations, but it is a solar panel. Imagine the, the, sol- the hood of the car and the roof of the car and the back hatch of the car is actually <laughs> solar panels. Oh, so okay. when you park that car in the sun, you don't need a charging station. It's charging itself. 
Okay. All right. And when you're making trips down the road, it's getting the solar panel and keep and extending your range of your battery. Yeah. So uh-huh. that makes sense. Makes sense. The price tag of the Lightyear Zero was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Sheesh. Okay. Very few people could afford wow. it. Though a lot of people wanted it, few people could afford it. Yeah. All of a sudden. Uh, Lightyear gets an injection of $81 million of funding mm. at the end of last year. So they halted the Lightyear Zero and said, we have to work on a more affordable design. The Lightyear 2 now has 25,000 pre-orders and plans to release the new model to the public in 2025. Again, heralded as the most aerodynamic car ever built, and it's going to be $40,000 or below. Wow. wow. <coughs> okay. We're going to put our name in the hat for that one, too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We better get on the wait list. <laughs> yeah. I know. We need to get on the wait list. Yeah. So, we, Jer, Jim, we need to get on the wait list. Well, so, that's going to be nothing compared to the other cars. I know. Yeah. We'll get two. <laughs> <laughs> so it still needs a charge. It, 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 I mean, it, it's, it says the claim is 500 mile range between charges. Mm. Wow. And then it's got a big asterisk. When it says that, so you have to scroll the all the solar. you scroll all the way yeah. down at the bottom of the website, and it says driving range will vary depending on driving habits, location, and season. That makes sense. Five hundred mile range is based on a fifteen thousand mile annual driving in Chicago. Oh, okay. I, I that's kind of <laughs> I had no mid. idea a Dutch company would use Chicago driving as its uh, as its primary reference, but very interesting, yeah. obviously. And so the big question that everybody has to the CEO is like, how are you shaving two hundred thousand dollars off yeah. the price of yeah. the car? <laughs> exactly. And so I'll just read his quote. It says, and by the way, I don't know how tires? I don't know how to speak Dutch, but okay. his name oh, is. Weird. I'll let you try it. It's Lex Hoofslute. Right there. Hoofs? Hoofslute? Hoofslute? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. So look it up. Try to spell it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Lex Hoofslute uh, is the Lightyear CEO, and he says, I think people will be amazed, actually, actually, by what is possible in high volume. Because, of course, the question we get most, for good reason, is, how the hell, guys, do you get it from 250,000 euros to 30,000 euros? What people underestimate about the Lightyear Zero is that we focus so much on picking the technologies that are fundamentally scalable. That's also puzzling to people why we can do it, but we're really confident we can get it to that price point. So, Okay. People have been asking about solar vehicles. Is it possible? Yep. Well, here we go. And so <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. if you go to the Lightyear website, you will only get to see half the car. They've only revealed the front Ooh. half of the car. It's a sneak peek uh. of what the car looks like. Um, you can kind of see it right oh, there. Okay. But it, it does look nice. We'll see what we get. But anyway, anybody's interested, there are solar vehicles with the solar panels integrated into the car. Wow. That's and cool. it's called a Lightyear. So. Look it up. We might have it in 2025. Yeah. We're so. promising now. Something else to get educated on. We love it. We're all about, you know, new technology here. All right. Yeah. Uh, other news. Uh, I think that's me. So this actually segues really nicely into mine. Well, in a lot of ways, one, because it's about an EV, but even more close to home because it's about an EV that we have, which is the Ford F-150 Lightning, mm. which we've uh-huh. spoken about extensively. In fact, I'll kind of get back to this, but I even went back to listen to an older episode. I think it was episode three where we were talking about a Number one Minnesota. <laughs> no, <laughs> anyway, uh, where we were talking about the Ford F-150, which we have a couple of times, but specifically within a Minnesota cooperative, which is also what this article is about. It's not the same cooperative, but it was interesting that that kind of came up uh-huh. within the same state within cooperatives. But yeah, so this article was actually sent in to us, but this is Minnesota Co-op uses its electric pickup truck to power outdoor concert. So like I said, this is in Minnesota, but it's Candy High Power Cooperative. Uh, So this was for a fall harvest festival that they did in the middle of an orchard. Mm -hmm. So there's no plugs. There's nothing to, you know, source power for this whole festival because they did what they have. It was speakers, amplifiers, LED lights, mixing consoles, et cetera. But and tell them use, the name of the bands. Oh, sorry. Well, okay, I'll get to it. <laughs> so uh, the bands were the Good Time Gals and the Mississippi Hot Club. 
She's ready to fight. Clearly, Don likes them a lot. I like. Well, I don't know who the Mississippi Hot Club, but the You're but about the name, to. but the, oh, yeah, name the name is great. I'm looking them up, but I have a the picture. Great. Picture, and it's an upright bass. So yeah, that it, makes sense. It might be a folk band. Right. Yeah. yeah, and you can see the Ford F one fifty and the Lightning. Or yes, in the Lightning, the Ford F one fifty Lightning, and the Mississippi Hot Club, far away from home in Minnesota. Yes, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. Minnesota. I almost I had to double check because I'm like I'm gonna accidentally say Mississippi. Because or, it's in the article. But it is Minnesota, yes. but the wow. Mississippi is the band name. Okay. So, yeah. So, they used their Ford F-150 Lightning to power this little festival, and it went it really cool. well. And it was really cute. I, trying to think. Yeah, I read, the, I read the article. The best part of this article is how little power drained from the vehicle. Yeah. So, wow. it says, it says, it says there, because immediately people came to the concert, and they started to get really snarky. They started to say mm-hmm. stuff like, oh, how are you going to get home? You know, you're, you're using uh, all your battery. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. The six hours that they God. ran this entertainment, they ran it for six hours. They drained 6% of their battery. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. oh wow. And, and so I started to. How I started, much they have plugged up? Well, that's why I, mean, I started questioning. Yeah, I started questioning. I'm in a. I've been in a band. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have band equipment. Uh-huh. I, I play music. So I started to think about it. You know, you can get a PA system, a small PA system at 300 watts. You know, you add up 300 watts. If they're using the PA system and it's a folk band, they just have a couple mics. The mics are not powered. They're powered off the board, so yeah. mm-hmm. they don't add to the power. The LED lights are probably oh, yeah. 50 watts what? each, and they probably didn't have all that many. For, I looked at it. It's a pretty small venue, but they had my, maybe a few lights. I added it up. All they needed to get to was... 1300 watts and then the numbers add up which to me the pa system at 300 watts a few lights the soundboard plugged in it's easily at 1300 watts yeah Mm -hmm. and so you add that times six hours you're basically at six percent drain of the battery and the battery still has i'm not i can't do the math (laughs) (laughs) trey what's six percent of 131 7.86. 7.86. So cool. it ran the band That's for six hours and only used wow. it 7.86 kilowatt hours. That's wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So CEO Ryan Nelson says he's trying to cut through the skepticism of a lot of people and, and just give them facts, which is what we do at Changing Energy. Right. We try to just tell you, listen, here's the facts. If you do the math, yeah. some of these things are, are kind of mind-blowing, but... It's, it's how it works. It's how it works. Um, so I was, in, like I said, I was in a band in high school, and there were many a times when we were asked to play on the on a bed of a truck, of a flatbed truck in the field, because <laughs> yeah. there were a lot of field parties in my high school, and we'd have to run extension cords like, oh <laughs> across oh the field yeah. to the farmhouse. Yeah. Now, you just pull the Ford yeah. F-150 up, wherever. and your band can play Bring anywhere. Yeah. That's great. Bring the lightning that's, for the lightning. That's really cool. That's really, <laughs> really cool. cool. Okay. Um, good article. Good article. That was great. Oh, uh, it just says, it, it closes, the article closes by saying the cooperative was so pleased at how engaging this project became. They didn't know if they, but everybody was asking about it, and suddenly it became a big topic of conversation. Yeah, and they had a lot of requests to do more events like it, and all the yeah. naysayers, like you were saying, were suddenly very interested in the applications, because, again, it's rural of you know local maybe we should try trucks. something with our lightning there you go this is you just know, a, seriously hopefully that just sparks an idea in your head there kirk yeah yeah but that's cool. it, that was a really cool and natural way to engage conversation about vehicles like that yes yeah, yeah. okay so uh let's uh move forward and i have one more article and this is from the energy and i'm just going to call this topic <laughs> beautiful mystic Microgrid. Wow. Mystic. And so what I'm gonna do right now is I'm gonna pause this I'm gonna pause this podcast and I'm gonna show the people in the room a video and we'll talk about the video. All right. Cool. Ooh, wow, I like this. Okay. All right, hope everybody enjoyed that. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so we just watched a video, it's about a minute long. On this company called Southern Beams Build. They're out of San Francisco. And the name of the article from energymix.com, it was an October article. It says, Mobile Microgrid Builder Makes Renewable Power Beautiful. Aww. And oh, yeah, that's like <laughs> so sweet. 
And so what the company, again, Southern Beams builds developing mobile microgrids that can be just picked up and placed, but they double, they claim, as art installations. Yeah. So, I okay. Mean, I can right. see I mean, I that. that. It was kind of cool. On it I can see that. So what we saw was a, a forklift lifting two small mobile units, stacking them on top of each other, and then wings that expanded from the top. And, and when they expanded... They had about 60 solar panels on them. Well, the bottom compartment was batteries. And so you had a battery plus storage that could be placed. So here's what they claim. The, the picture in the article shows a 30KW solar plus battery generator that's stored in a 20-foot mobile container. They have retractable photo, photovoltaic ray, arrays. Gosh, let me say that again. What? Voltaic arrays. 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 Right. Retractable, photovoltaic. Photovoltaic, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Say that. Photovoltaic. Photovoltaic. Arrays. Arrays. That unfold like a mythical beast. Dragon. It waves. did look like it. It was cool. Okay. You just need some fire coming out of the front It can of be it. delivered to anywhere on a flatbed and set up in seven minutes. That's oh, impressive. Wow. Okay. Seven. Yeah, that, that yeah. right there. And along with power, it also is 1,300 square feet of potential shade if you wanted to put something under it because mm-hmm. it comes out like wings. And Think about emergency it. situations. Uh, you yes. could get that. Center. I mean, that's great. Yeah. Um, so they are working. Right now they're at 30 kW, but they're trying to work up um, systems that go up to 450 kW, which would be immense wow. in, in size. But kind of, you know, Tesla – the Tesla batteries that we have in, in our Eagle Chase microgrid are 500. So okay. yeah, still still yeah. reasonable in, in thinking about that. But it's just portable, and, mm-hmm. and they can come and, and drop it. And, in fact, they deployed it at this past year's Burning Man Art Festival mm-hmm. in the desert. And, mm-hmm. so, and they used it to power up a kitchen that served approximately four, 400 people a day. That's pretty cool. Thanks. Now, Burning Man was on the news as being a disaster. They had awful weather. It was rainy. It was windy, muddy. And they kind of tout that they, they they were able to manage the 30-mile-an-hour winds, and it didn't affect the unit. So wow. they're, they're kind of, they say it's kind of okay. sturdy, too, at yeah. the same time. 30-mile-per-hour. So here's where it sounds that, to me, it's suddenly there's art. You can pop it down wherever you, you don't have power, and you can use it, and it becomes a microgrid that you can use. But here's where it kind of got my attention is that where they're marketing now, where they're marketing is actually less of art and just practical, is we have a lot of developments and, and subdivisions that are going in. And we, are, we have so many going in that it's hard to get the power out to our developers oh, in see. time to start building houses. Right, yes. Because it, it takes so long to put the infrastructure mm-hmm. in the ground, and we have 70 subdivisions going in. Right. And so some, some of our... Um, Developers are having to rent generators to get the houses started because we can't keep up with yeah. getting the infrastructure. Now, we're trying our best, but we're delaying some of our infrastructure. And so what if – so where they're going to market is they're actually going to be marketing to developers, and they're going to rent them, and they're going to try to keep their price at the same exact price that you would rent fuel-burning generators – and so instead of renting a fuel-burning generator, yeah. you can rent this at the same price, and developers can start to build houses um, when the power isn't, infrastructure isn't in yet. Yet it's it's renewable and green, yep. and, and they're using solar power to do it. So That's microgrid. Cool. Yeah, yeah wow. that is cool. I like that. So uh, we've had a lot of people, once we deployed Eagle Chase, a lot of people were asking, when, when can we get like a microgrid in a box? That, you know, you could put down into a neighborhood that, so imagine you had this in a neighborhood and it wasn't deployed 24 hours a day, but when the power went out or, or something, you could take it to that neighborhood, deploy it and, you know, in seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. In seven minutes. So, you know, interesting. We'll see where that goes. I, know, but I, like I thought that. that was a cool article yeah, as well. That was. For, them, for them to be competitive like that and say, Hey, you know, rent our stuff at the same price. We'll see. I mean, well. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see if <laughs> yeah. that actually happens. But them thinking that way to yeah. try to yeah. get into that market is really interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. Lots of cool stuff happening. Yeah. Speaking of lots of cool stuff happening, we have Trey here. Woo! Transition. <laughs> and we're going to transition soon into our main topic, which is catching up with Trey. So uh, stay tuned. We're starting right now. 
Hey, Trey. Hey, what's up? If anybody has been a long-time listener, back in Episode 7, we had this great idea, and it was to bring an environmental science major student in. Yep. And, of course, Trey is a roommate of my son's. <laughs> Three years now. So this is also a great opportunity for him to just tell stories about my son on a <laughs> oh, podcast. Yeah. Let's listen to Cross. The, it's on record. <laughs> oh, no, but back in – you had just taken a couple classes, and, and you had some really interesting insights, but you were getting ready to take a climate change course – and now you've taken some other things, and now I hear you're double majoring. So let me ask you a startup question. Just tell me general topics that you have been covering in environmental science in the last two and a half years. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my sophomore year of college, I, first semester I took a class on climate change, as you said, and it was just like overarching topics of what is climate change, how does it affect people, uh, what are the impacts going to be, and then I also took a uh, GIS course, which was really cool. Oh, and uh, um, we might have you back on the GIS <laughs> yeah. episode too. Yeah, yeah I would well, love David, to. that'd be great. <laughs> um, and then those are like the main related classes that semester. Then the spring semester, I took a class on energy and its relationship th- uh, with the environment. Ooh. And uh, that is the class I want to talk about most because obviously this podcast is all about changing energy. Right? They didn't and reference our podcast. No. In your Did class. you tell them about us? <laughs> Right, oh, yeah, let, let, let him speak. Let him speak. I wanted to, but I was never very close with the professor, so okay. it's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a really interesting class, and it made me think about um, energy production, and electricity, in a way that I've never would have thought of uh, without taking the class. Because the way it was set up is um, before we got into like, because obviously we covered like the broad topics, like what are the different types of electricity sources, like your coal, nuclear solar, gas, etc. But we started the class with a um, economics boot camp. And so essentially hmm. learning about what is supply and demand, what is, uh, how do, uh, like, um, monopolies like Duke Energy, how do they get funding? Because, of course, the, on, like, day one, he said, so power companies can't don't just pay for power plants out of their own pocket. They have to get a lot of different investments from all kinds of firms. And uh, I learned that Duke Energy has a credit score, which I never would have thought of, um, uh, which determines whether they get investments from from these big, like Vanguard and BlackRock and whatever. And so that was really interesting. And, of course, we learned uh, once we got through this economics boot camp and we got a good uh, background on what supply and demand is, we really dove into the... Um, different electricity sources and um, what and which type of sources are used when based on the time of day the time of year and so um, and I remember one our for our midterm we were essentially given this spreadsheet where we had to with the, the times of day and the uh, electricity demands and we oh. had to determine like okay how much is this going to cost for the utility how much is this going to cost for the consumer and how is this going to change throughout the day, whether it's at a peak time or in the middle of winter? And so I thought that was really cool. Oh, yeah. we talk about that. And that's, that is our business in, 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 in a whole is that we're constantly monitoring the cost of our wholesale power at given days and trying to design a rate. And, and I'm glad that you brought up the economics of, of a Duke Energy because they're investor-owned and they are regulated by the commission. So they don't get to just set their rate at whatever their stakeholders are whatever their yeah. stakeholders want to make, yeah. you know, because they're for profit. And if their stakeholders want more money, just raise the rates. No, they can't do that. So they have to they have to earn a return. So when they go to build a power plant or they build more infrastructure, they go to the commission and say, We have to build this mm. and we have to have a return. And so this is the rate that we would like to, and so the rate has to be approved. But when it gets approved, they've got a guarantee rate of return Yep. at that point. Yep. We are not regulated by the state. We are member-owned. So our board of directors look at our bottom line, and we say, we need to build this substation, or we need to build this line. And we just basically say, do our rates the way they are, support that or not. And then yeah. we, we decide whether, and, and we've been very fortunate for 20 years, we've had enormous growth yep. and ne- and not had to raise rates mm-hmm. um, to do this. Um, it's been more of 
supply chain and delays and, and, and cost of labor that have caused us recently to announce that we would have an 8% rate increase, which is first in a long time that, yep. that of that significance. And so, yeah, it's just that time, but Duke does it completely different. It's not, it's, it's, we have to present what we're building and yeah. get a return on that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, that was one of the big things, uh, that, uh, our professor wanted to differentiate was this, the idea of like Duke energy is a regulated monopoly, which means they have all the, uh, essentially control of power for, a certain geographic area. So for us, that means most of North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, I think some of Tennessee. But then there's also these deregulated companies which um, sell electricity based on the wholesale price. And those are in all all over the country. And, I, and yeah, so that, that was a big thing. And then we also went over like the differences of like between like baseload and peak, peak power. Um, so you have, and the different sources that go with each. So he, uh, our professor was telling us that for baseload power, that's your nuclear and coal because those have the like the high fr- high st- startup costs and they're, they they don't have a lot of engineering flexibility. So like once you turn them on, they need to stay on because it's really expensive to like change yep. Yep. to um, to turn off the plants and whatnot. And then you have your peak power, which is your um, uh, your hydropower and your natural gas, and yep. y- then your renewables. And he made it a big point that like with the renewables, they only most of the time cover like the, the peak peak demand um, when it's available. Cause of course, as you, as yeah, as it's intermittent. Yeah. As you said, multiple times throughout this podcast is that the solar and wind they're on, you can only use them when they're available. So, right. And so I, I usually do this exercise with some, with school kids and, and that's why I'm trying to talk about this. Cause I say just quite easily, tell me what, how much power we're using at midnight. And they all say, well, we're using not that much, right? We're yeah. all asleep yep. and no, the businesses aren't running and the lights are off. And so, of course, I said, well, what happens around 6 a.m.? Oh, we start to get up and, and suddenly they're just thinking about their own house. And, and they start to say at, at 10 o'clock, it, it kind of levels off at 10 o'clock because the sun's now come up and the temperatures are kind of uh, stabilizing. And, and then what happens at Five o'clock. Oh, well, power goes up. Everybody comes home and they start cooking and they start turning on lights. And and then what happens at 10 o'clock? Well, it starts to go down again. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I said, great. Now, when's the sun shining? And and they then they draw the sun and it's it's right in the middle of the day. And I said, well, what do you do with these other times like the early morning and the late? And and that's that's sort of that answers. How do we how do we move that those renewable sources to that? Yeah, um, I remember on our final, we had to, like, the last question of our final exam was, how does North Carolina uh, decarbonize their grid by uh, by this certain day? I think it was, like, 2030. And we had to, to essentially, like, create a plan as if we were the uh, the North Carolina Utility Commission to um, to uh, figure out a way to decarbonize the, plan, the, the grid by either phasing out certain uh, certain sources or or uh, investing more in this and so yeah was, what was your answer my yeah. answer oh yes, I was <laughs> did, you pa- did you pass i did pass um <laughs> no what i remember putting is so like a big thing was that we need the base load and the peak power and so for the base load i put um, nuclear because that's pretty low carbon like once it's on it's on and you just got to leave it on and then I also put coal as as base load just because it's it, it's also it's pretty cheap and it, it, it's pretty reliable. Did y'all talk about carbon capture? We did not. And where you where sure coal emits a carbon when it burns, but they're starting to create technologies that capture that and and so that it doesn't get into the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, we, we're trying to clean clean coal. Yeah, you know which doesn't exist in certain vernaculars, but yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Um, but of course, like coal is very carbon intensive. And so like yep. what I said is that like we need to phase out coal by this certain date. So I think I put like 2030 because, um, of course, we can't just turn off all the coal power plants because one of the biggest one of the big things that was mentioned in the class is that these uh, these uh, monopolies have these big investments in these coal plants. And like if they just decide to turn them off one day, that's a ton of money that just went down the drain and yep. their yep. investors won't like that. And so they they. They wouldn't want that, and so the better idea is to phase it out by disincentivizing its use, whether that's through a carbon tax, mm-hmm. uh, which of course has its own problems. But um, and yep. then for like the peak power, I said uh, renew, uh, not renewables. Um, actually, yes, renewables. Um, but hydropower because that's pretty reliable and it's pretty efficient, and 
but the thing about hydropower is we only ha- we ha- we've already dammed all the rivers, most of the rivers that we can, and so like we're pretty much at its at its peak. So we can only use how much we already have, and then of course natural gas, which is becoming more uh, more economical because because of fracking, which of course has its own problems. But mm-hmm. we can't deny that like it it's made it natural, solves a it yeah. solves a major yep. issue, and uh, so like. Natural gas, I said, like, only use that when we have to because multiple people have labeled natural gas as a blue uh, bridge to a green future because it's not as carbon intensive. It's uh, cleaner than coal. Um, But again, it does, it it isn't perfect. It releases methane, which is another greenhouse gas. Um, So, of course, we would we would only want to use that when uh, when possible. So at these peak at these peak times in the uh, middle of the summer at three o'clock in the afternoon, um, and then, of course, renewables. And the thing about renewables is we need some sort of battery storage with them because, of course, we can let uh, we can have all these panels out and have the wind blowing. But if there's no way to store that uh, power when this, when right. we get a ton of excess uh, generation during these super sunny days, mm-hmm. if we have no way to store that, then that electricity is, is essentially yep. wasted, right? Uh, because so we have our base load. We're yeah. not turning off yep. our base load because yeah. that would be too costly. So. What do we do with the excess solar? I mean, and we get to a point where you have you see states like California that have to export their solar yeah. because they, <laughs> they put so much in, but they got to keep their base load yeah. on. That's yeah. uh, that's that's awesome. And yeah. batteries will be a great way to handle handle a lot of that. Sure, right? and yeah. and we just got and we 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 say batteries, but we got to think about any type of storage. And there's mm-hmm. lots of different storage yep. techniques, whether it be air pressure or. or water or pumping water to the top of a mountain uh, and let it come down it like come another down. like creating yeah. our own hydro river you yeah. know by, yeah. and that sort of thing and all that is is using energy now and storing it and then getting getting it back later so that's all and i think i think you're right and and i don't know if they talked much about microgrids because if you can't build nuclear and and of course you can build nu- nuclear it's just regulations yeah. are so hard and nobody wants it in their backyard and it's super expensive yeah so, um, so I mean, we, we we are hoping to see a lot of small modular nuclear, yeah. where you yeah. instead of multi a gigawatt power plant, you see more like thirty five megawatts, you know, plop down in an in an area, geographic area, yeah. which would be great, and and that sort of becomes a decentralized grid, which is uh-huh. what we expect to see as well. Yeah, and the thing about nuclear is that it's becoming less attractive um, for for investors just because it's so, like, it has such fra- such high upfront costs. Right. That, and, yeah. like, since it can only produce, like, a set amount of power for a set amount of time, over time, it, the, the, it just doesn't become profitable anymore. Well, we, we have, uh, we invested, and I say we, the North Carolina Electric Cooperative invested in a nuclear plant uh, called Catawba, which is in South Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, back in the 80s, and... It has served us very well, and it only had a shorter lifespan, but we have continued to maintain it and upgrade it to extend its life. And now we've extended it so that we have it uh, for, for many years. Uh, we can continue to use it. So, I mean, I think there's, you just have to keep pumping investment into yeah. it, yep. and that's probably what, what it is. But still, very reliable, yeah. very reliable yep. base load, yeah. for sure. And it's clean. It is clean. It's clean. Have you have they studied anything with electric vehicles? Have they talked anything about that? Um, the class wasn't really electric vehicles were mentioned, but that wasn't that wasn't really a huge uh, part of the class, right? Um, but it, see, if every if every electric vehicle becomes a battery, it is, is a true. battery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's distributed yep. batteries right there across our our system. So that's another thing that we're we're trying to pay close attention to. Mm-hmm. And see, but all all that's um, extremely interesting about, especially the financing, um, because it is that makes co-ops and and IOU so different mm-hmm. in, in that respect. Anything else? Yeah. So, as an electric uh, utility, have y'all heard about the utility death spiral? No, no. Oh, you right. scared me. Do what is laugh. this? <laughs> <laughs> utility death spiral. So it's it, it's 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 pretty cool. Or actually, it's not cool. For, it might not be cool for y'all, but <laughs> in terms of yeah. like in terms of fighting like in terms of addressing climate change, that's been like uh, that's a topic that's been uh, more uh, researched in. And so what what it is? It was one of the last uh, topics we went over in the class. Was it was is this the climate change? 
No, this is class. the energy okay. class. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, so the utility death, sti- death spiral is this positive feedback loop all centered around uh, um, rooftop solar. So recently, as solar has become more affordable for the single, f- for the average family, it's been uh, much, it's gotten much more, it's uh, gotten a lot more attractive for people to invest in because it is an investment. It's not cheap. My dad, in fact, just got solar on his house and it was like, I, like I was there with, as, the, as he was discussing with the, the solar, um, uh, installer. Yeah. Installer. And like what the cost is. And it's like, I don't remember. It was like without the tax, the new tax credit, it was like 17 grand. Sure. Um, but like, do you over, know the size? Do you know the KW? I think it was eight. KW? Sounds right. Okay. But anyway, so as more people get get rooftop solar because it's becoming less expensive, there's tax credits now, and so a lot more people are getting it. And with more people getting solar, that leaves out people or that leaves out uh, customers for the utility to serve electricity to. And now that these people aren't uh, getting aren't buying electricity from these utilities, they they lose revenue. And so uh, to, in, in order to make a profit. Uh, they have to uh, raise up their. They have to raise their cost. Their their costs have to uh, go up, which means they have to charge more from the consumer. And so, as um, as more people get solar, the utility has to charge more to make the same profit, which uh, drives up prices for for non for people who don't who do not have solar, which makes solar more attractive for them. Which makes which and just so it's like a up. domino effect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely, definitely think about that, and as we're seeing yeah. a, a slow tra- transition over it. But again, as long as it's intermittent, and as long as people want power yeah. at nine o'clock at night, yeah, then yeah. we still have to have infrastructure storage to, to support that, yeah. it. So either it's a service, um, perhaps it's a microgrid where we do community storage in a neighborhood. So mm-hmm. their solar can store it for them, you know, and they, they all put it in there and then we deliver it back at, at, at that time of day. Obviously there's lots of services that we can provide as a utility. We've, we've, we've hung our hat on being able to manage the world's most awesome machine, which is the grid. And, yeah. and we'll, and we'll continue to have to balance that grid as these imbalances happen as, as some people get solar and some don't and some charge electric vehicles and some don't yep. so so as the same time that we're we're losing revenue from efficiencies in homes and in um, solar panels we're still having to supply power during the peak yeah yep. which is the worst case scenario is because we have base load that they're not using and then they want power during yeah. our peak and so that's going to raise prices and yeah. people have to realize that but ultimately we're going to be able to provide the power in, in, in those hours. Yeah. And we do charge a facilities charge. A facilities charge is our operational charge that we put just for maintaining the wire to their house so that it's there. And we keep that very low. And that is just – that makes sure that there's a wire maintained to your house. Yeah, And, you know, we still will have to maintain that because people uh, will will need – some connectivity, yeah. even if it's to sell the power back to the grid, they'll need those wires. Yeah. Yeah. So we may become a, a wires owner and, and maintainer, but there'll be services that will we'll charge for that. So it's going to be, who knows what the yeah. business, but it's that's why we have the podcast is so we can <laughs> talk through these right. issues as they start to happen. And, and that's a great it's a great idea. I hope the death spiral is a long ways away. Yeah, I yeah. Hate, but yeah, I got another twenty five years to go, so let's wait. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, he was mentioning how that's just that's like yes, it's very uh, far away, but it is like we're starting to see like uh, evidence of that happening, where more people are switching to solar just because it's more cost effective. But right. of course, like not everyone can get solar because whether they can't afford it or whether it's just not practical where they live, and so they. These people have to stay with the utilities. The good news is, is people are also switching to beneficial electrification, which is moving away from fossil fuels like tractors mm-hmm. for farmers. They're going electric, yep. so they awesome. used to burn. They used to burn fossil Diesel. fuels yeah. to do that. Now they charge their tractor and use it during the day. That's electricity we weren't selling before. Yep. So yeah. they're right now. There's still replacements happening yeah. because everything is going electric yep. because it is an affordable resource. It's electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. Sorry, I had to say that. (laughs) 
So, um, what what has changed? Has it changed your perspective on what your career is going to be? What do you think your career is going oh, to be? Good Where question. are you headed with that? Oh, with like all it. this perspective? Yeah, I like it. Oh, that's a classic. What do you want to do when you grow up? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I've always like like I've always been interested in like environmental protection and uh, um, and so like I want to I would ideally I want to go to do something. Uh, with consulting, so like working with different clients to make, to ensure that they're if they're like trying to do a new project that they're staying uh, within, of course, within regulations, obviously, and then but and then like offering advice like how they can how they can be more sustainable and uh, more efficient and whatnot. And um, but I've also like I've always been interested in electricity, so energy management is always is is, is something that's really cool. And then. Um, uh, this past semester, I've been taking a class on toxicology, and oh, cool. uh, um, one of the like one of the last things we talked about was uh, like metal toxicity as it relates to electricity. And so, like maybe if if like research is like in my future, that would be something cool to, to sure. want to look into. Yeah, um, uh, one of the things, and I don't know if y'all hit this or not, but we we kind of talked about this in the last couple episodes. Is our our goal to reach zero carbon in twenty fifty is almost reachable by building solar panels and wind yeah we that can be done it's just that you have to put those generators where that resource is abundant where mm-hmm. the where's yep. the wind yeah. abundant down the middle of the of the country where's the solar abundant in the southwest and so if you put that where it's most effective you need to build transmission lines to yeah. get it to the source and very few people have paused to say how much transmission has to be built to support this effort and, and the, the answer the answer is 200,000 miles of transmission oh has gosh. to be built to do this yeah and so the, it, it reminded me that that's sort of the new the new research is can we change the metals yeah. in the transmission lines to get more capacity out of existing without having to get more right away build mm. more structures and that sort of thing so I think that's going to be a real scientific achievement yep. if we don't have to build that much transmission. We just have to upgrade it, yep. you know, save yeah. us money. So. Yeah, because uh, I remember we looked at, um, this isn't necessarily re- regarding transmission, but the the Tennessee Valley spill back in, I think, what it was, 2008, and uh, looking uh, at the, like, the effects to ecosystems after uh, that much coal ash was spilled into into this area. <laughs> And uh, it was it was huge. And so, like, how do we prevent that in the future? And what and if something of that magnitude happens again, how do we uh, how do we protect uh, species that are vulnerable to that? So, uh, yeah. So, so I I think you're you're on a right path because I think every company, regardless of what their business is, they want to have a sustainability uh, yeah. aspect yeah. to their business. Uh, and electricity is just one of the one of the top ones there as well. But there isn't a I think I think you're going to be very hire, hireable. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I applied to it to an internship. <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> I applied to an internship with Duke Energy, and uh, what I would be doing is uh, I haven't heard back yet, so fingers crossed. Uh, I would be stationed in their nuclear plant in okay. uh, New Hill, which is like a little southwest of Raleigh, and uh, we would be doing uh, species surveys of the river that go that goes right. Uh, right next to the plant because uh-huh. that's where they uh, discharge the water that they use to cold to cool the towers, and uh, like out, we will be doing species surveys and water quality testing, and so that would be really cool. Yeah, so <coughs> nice. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Very cool. So, what are we gonna do in episode forty-seven? <laughs> Trey works at Duke Energy. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I would, I would have graduated, and hopefully, I'll have that. Um, what's it called? The 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 solar car the solar car You'll have yeah. the, uh, the that's right twenty twenty five it'll be out yeah the light year the light year yeah we'll all be driving light years yeah yeah yep. which like is buzz. scary too because you know what I didn't say about the light year is uh, that kind of goes against what our our, our you know we were kind of hoping that cars would take the place of some of the efficiencies in some of the solar but if the cars become solar solar mm-hmm. yep. they're not charging they're, they're not, not they're not buying electricity too. So dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, there's that spiral again. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, maybe we'll have that, and uh, we will find our our place. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Trey, thank you for being here. Of course, thanks, thanks for, for having coming me. back. Thank and, you. And it's good luck great. in your second semester of your third year. And you're you, you're double majoring now. Yes. 
and your two majors are environmental science and environmental technology and management. And I'm uh, I just added a minor on renewable energy assessment. Wow, so that's wow. good. Yeah, renewable cool. energy assessment is that. Tell me what that what that would give you. So that so I would learn like of course all what are the different types of renewables, but like we would also go into where is it practical, um, both financially and logistically. Like is the land there uh, to put these solar panels, and do we have the money for it? Um, okay. So that, well, I think do that we would, have the land? For yeah, it. yeah. I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> I was only uh, so much. I was touring a the University of Charlotte. I have my daughter is interested in architecture, so we were touring the architecture school. And I was looking at some of the projects that were sitting around that the kids were working on, and they were working on vertical mounted solar panels, so oh. a wall, and they were they were like four oh, stories tall, yep. and they were going vertical, not horizontal, okay. which was taking less land sure. space. Yeah, yep. Kind of uh, an eyesore, but kind of an eyesore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, unless you made it's them like look the cool. tree looking <laughs> antennas, or unless whatever you made them look there. like dragon wings. Exactly. And then, yeah. Well, yeah. then that's fine. That's fine. Where's the art? Yeah. Well, we look forward to, to catching up with you here and there, but thank you for being here. It's great perspective and yep. great yeah. to hear what uh, what uh, things are, are being studied in schools, and we're glad your generation's coming up behind us to take yep. care of the death spiral. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to close out this episode, and we do that in one way, and let's let Kirk do this. Oh, yeah. All right, you listeners, you can reach us by calling us at 919-863-6331 or emailing us at changingenergy at wmc.com. Please follow us on Twitter at Changing Capital NRG, Facebook, Changing Capital NRG, Spotify, and iTunes. Please leave us some feedback. Send us some questions. We'd love to hear from you. We just love you guys. Thank you. Aw, we love you too, Kirk. All right, that closes up episode 27 of the Changing Energy Podcast. Three more till 30. Three more till 30. man, we're going to have a birthday. We will party. 2024 (laughs) birthday. That's right. Uh, Stay tuned. We got, I'm going to tease our next episode. I hope to have some banter on the great town of Las Vegas because, Kirk, you're flying to Las Vegas. I can't believe it. Yes, sir. Yep. Kirk is not a flyer, so we, we can't wait to first hear about his flight. Uh, that's first be in flight. His yeah. first in flight. <laughs> Devin said she's going to hold my hand the whole way. Aww. So <laughs> that's right. I'm really surprised. I imagine there's still a chance he's going to rent a van. <laughs> that's a long a drive. That's van. a long drive. I looked at it. I said, no. <laughs> you looked at it. But uh, I think you have a couple shows. And, and I do. And you are going to ultimately see the band U2 in the sphere yes. at Las Vegas. That's Looking forward simple. to it. It's going to be awesome. Well, get ready to tell us all about it. We'll, we'll cover that in the banter of episode 28. So stay Woo. tuned, everybody. Don't lose Love too it. much money. <laughs> <laughs>